and welcome to Everything Can Be Podcast Podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? Are we good? Yeah. Well, please, please, well, fuck, that's a great way to start. Okay, uh, just stumbled across some words. Please clap and cheer while I walk a foot and sit down on this weird chair. Huh? Yes? Yeah. All right, yeah, wicked. It is Monday. Is that the fridge? Come on in, brother. We were going to wait for you, but then I forgot you guys were coming. And uh, I saved you some sweet seats right at the front. I know you guys are probably from the UK, so you love sitting dead front row, interacting with strangers, all the favorite things done on this island, you know, greeting people with cheers and applause. How's everyone doing? We're good? Enjoying the weather of today that I think we've had every season three times already. It's just, it is just Scotland. And yet, you're wearing shorts. You are. Well, I have to take the tights off. You have to take your tights off. Naughty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy about having my tights You're not happy about having your tights off? Well, how does he feel about having your tights off? <laughs> you guys are together, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, really it would have been really awkward for one of you, and the other one would have been like, actually, on the tights. Hey, hey, hi, hey, hey. How long have you guys been dating? Nearly two years. There was some confusion there. Excellent. Come on in. Come on in. Thank you. Showing up right on time. Perfect. Two seats right here. There's a, th- uh, yeah. There's, a third, there's more people coming? Well, they're going to have to sit on the floor. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's standing room for 10. I had to clear it with the guy who's downstairs who looks like a child's drawing of a Scottish person. Did you see that guy? <laughs> Sat in front of the barrel and he's loudly talking on the phone but still saying hello to people, which really scared the shit out of me because we always say hello to each other. And they went, hi, mate! And I was like, are you on the phone? And he goes, I am, but I was talking to you. And I was like, are we on the phone right now? And... It's definitely Monday at the Fringe where all of you guys, it's not a hangover and you're not drunk, you're more just kind of maintaining <laughs> while the need of the performers is slowly taking over the city. I don't know how long you guys have been here, but when the Fringe first starts, everyone's really positive and then slowly reviews start coming out and someone's called Jajun when the performance was obviously bourgeois. What's up, brother? Thank you for coming in. Classic entry, as I just said, the word bourgeois. <laughs> and a man with Trotskyist facial hair just emerged in. <laughs> and wearing red pants, look at that! <laughs> Sir, are you a socialist? The, the, uh, the seating that you have is, is crouched by the stage. Okay. <laughs> or there's one seat. Right and there's one seat there, so you can take your one seat and you can force your friend to sit on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, miss. Do you know this gentleman? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, wh- how, what is your relationship? He's my boyfriend. He's your boyfriend. Now, they've been together two years. How long have you... Hello, miss. How are you? Just to warn you, guys, you probably will have to sit on the ground. But Fuck yeah. See? You two elites not wanting to <laughs> deign to sit on a carpet that I... Back- the one thing is you got to sit sort of up here. Just I won't pick on you. It's just for fire regulations. You laugh, but I got told off by a guy who said he's he knows the fire marshal. Now, he could have been lying, but he was quite loud. All right, that's one, two, three. I just lost count at three. That's never good. Four, five, six. Okay, perfect. Just to warn you, brother, you're going to have to sit on the ground. You can come another day if you want to. Yeah, I figured. Everyone yell, I love you at that man. Again, very much a Monday where you guys were like, we love him, but we don't love love him. Where are you guys going? Where the fuck are you going, lady? (laughs) You have to sit there. (laughs) I can't believe that worked, by the way. (laughs) 
I've never been able to do that ever in my life. Where are you going, pal? You're abandoning her? That's the seating where it's available. What? You're too popular. I'm from Canada. We don't know how to take compliments like that. Canada. Are you from Canada? Yeah. You should have been here at the top of the show. We were playing the Tragically Hip. I was talking about Do South. Where are you from in Canada? Toronto. Toronto? I lived in Toronto for many years. Where in Toronto are you from? West End. Well, what part of the West End? Don't worry, in Toronto still, not Etobicoke. Yeah, don't be fucking, yeah. Etobicoke would be like saying, where in Edinburgh are you from? Glasgow. And yeah. so, uh... <laughs> Bloor West. Bloor West. Very posh neighborhood all of a sudden. When you were growing up, though, still a little knifey stabby. Hoo ha ha. Hello, how are you? Just to warn you, you're gonna have to sit on the ground. That's fine. You see that attitude she had? So happy and peppy. Unlike you, filled with vengeance. It's the last seat available is right here. I'm gonna come across looking like some sort of weird artsy Caligula. <laughs> but nothing bad's gonna happen, it's just gonna be chips and chips. I haven't even started the show. I've tried about 15 times, but evidently no one owns a watch in Edinburgh. <laughs> How are you? What's your name? Becky. Becky, beautiful name, Becky. Means prompt in Latin. <laughs> Sorry. So as you can tell, this is not the traditional polished hoobity doobity doo Edinburgh Fringe Hour. What this is is an hour of improvised stand-up. There will be a lot of chat. Oh, will there be chat? Oh, there will be chat. Uh, there will be discussions. I have an amazing story about my hour show. If you want to come see my hour show at the Pleasance Courtyard, uh, 9.40 every night, there will be a flyer at the back. Why will I be standing at the back? Because the show's free to get in. But listen up, you cheap sons of bitches. You've got to pay to get out. And, and I know that's a tentative laugh of, haha, really? Yes, really. And we're not talking pennies. Someone gave me a two-pence coin yesterday. Just tell me to fuck off. Don't, don't, here's something that's been irritating me in my wallet. Enjoy. So we're talking money that folds, and if you can fold a pound coin, I will take it. Besides that, <laughs> fives. And um, like you guys just suddenly went from, haha, we'll be the judge of how much the show is worth. <laughs> um, let's start off, so I was doing my, uh, have we all seen an hour of stand-up in like one of the big four venues where it's a little unnecessarily hot, the seating is very bizarre, you'd expect you've paid 12 quid for a ticket, yet for some reason they've handed you a bullfrog and like that's your chair, and it's impressively hot and the comedian's a little nervous because there's a reviewer in from like Shoes Weekly which is only distributed in Hull, England and Barcelona but they're like if they get a five star in Shoes Weekly I maybe get a four star in Yawn Monthly and then The Guardian will show up so they're tentatively nervous and you're in there and there's a lot of nervousness we all know the kind of scene I'm talking about yeah it's like this only with preparation and uh so I was doing my show and it was going really, really well. A little bit heckly, but still very good. And there's a part of my show where I talk about a medical condition I have. Now, I have vaguely exaggerated one detail of the uh, medical condition because it goes from a nice medical fact to a hilarious joke, because that's how comedy works. You know what I mean? Like if you went and saw a comedian be absolutely honest, George Carlin would suck horribly. Like he wouldn't be saying the seven dirty words he said on television. He'd just be like, I'm an old man, I don't like some stuff. And you're like, I get it, I could've just hung out with my grandpa. <laughs> anyway, so I exaggerated everything, and then it turned out there was a hematologist. Well, he was a hematologist. He retorted, fuck. I'm not drunk, I have a dyspraxia, and so sometimes my mouth and my brain go, we're gonna go different ways on this word. Let's see how you deal with it. And I was like, I'll deal with it pretty good. And uh, so this blood specialist had been retired for 20 years, didn't like a piece of medical fact I had in my show, so he stood up and he said, you're bollocks! 
And I was like, well, but he didn't explain why. I just was like, is it out? I don't really know. And I was like, what, what's going on, brother? He goes, you're scaring these people! And I was like, um, am I? And then I asked the rest of the almost sold out crowd, not completely, not showing off. And, uh, and I was just like, am I scaring you guys? And then one Scottish go guy just went, no, he is. <laughs> and he went, you're scaring them! This is bollocks! You're all bollocks! This is bollocks! And then he left. Now, something you need to know, his son stayed in the show. <laughs> so right there, I'm like, I think this guy might be a wanker. And then I s continued on with the show, and then I could hear screaming and shouting from outside, because the door to the venue is right there. And evidently, he'd walked out and walked up to one of the venue staff, who's actually quite thin, and went, you're a fat arsehole. That guy's not a comedian. Not like that Bernard Manning. That's a comedian. Now, I don't know if you guys know who Bernard Manning is, but culture in the UK was very interesting in the 70s, <laughs> in that a lot of the comedians were vaguely racist. Some of his timing is some of the best I've ever seen, but some of his subject matter is just not appropriate for the times we live in, and that's something we have to accept, but there are some people who go, well, that's what I'm expecting, except you're at the Edinburgh Fringe. The Lady Boys of Bangkok are the biggest selling show at this festival, and you're being like, I wanna hear some racist jokes. I think you came to the wrong town, brother, because this is a place where there's a circus performer shooting flames out of her fanny, and then we're gonna go watch men dressed as women, and if you've never been to the Lady Boys of Bangkok, you have to go, because it's not like, you'd expect like it's a hipster event, it is like the roughest Scottish people, actually made of tartan, bits of square sausage for eyelids, and they're in there, just like, yeah, she's got a dick, and she can dance, yeah! Like, that show is progressing political correctness leaps and bounds every day. Like, if they can get a black lady boy, Scotland will become the most progressive place in the world. It already, it, it's again, Scotland has this amazing reputation because I live in England and if you talk about <laughs> England or Scotland with English people, they say some things about you guys that are very disrespectful. <laughs> have, you, have you guys heard? I don't, are you English or Scottish, brother? Are you shocked? Because I couldn't believe what they've been saying about you guys. <laughs> and then you guys got your great revenge because last year I was here during the independence movement and I didn't say anything because I just didn't want to get punched in the face. Because <laughs> it's, again, and I, I actually respect it because I'm not of this island. I'm not part of the history. My great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-
fighting. <laughs> Best one I ever heard was, you spilled my glass of Pims, time to meet your maker. <laughs> There's nothing in there that you don't love. The fact the man admitted to like his drink, his Pims, like I've had Pims, because it's Sunday, it's sunny, and someone just shows up and goes, Pims o'clock? And I'm like, I, that's not how time works, but yeah, put it in the glass, and then, because yeah, what is Pims, do you know? I feel like you might know. <laughs> you know? It's gin. It's gin. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how they make the rest of it. But so there's more to it than gin. Well, I assume hopefully there's fruit in it. <laughs> Probably not. But you put it with champagne, right? Or was that just a drunken trick? My lemonade. Oh, lemonade. Well, I drank it once with champagne, and uh, it was an elaborate bus ride home. I don't like I don't like getting drunk and then taking the bus because I always have to pee, and then you start thinking about, am I going to be one of those guys who pees on a bus? <laughs> I I have one friend who peed on a bus. He had a reason. He uh, fell asleep in the front of the bus and woke up in the bus station. Like he was in London. He doesn't live in London. He lives in Windsor or Winchester. One of those two towns. One of those towns. One of those towns is correct. I'm not going to give any more details because <laughs> he is a public figure and I'm not supposed to tell the story. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and uh, so he, was, he got really drunk and he took a bus which he thought went to Waterloo Station. It didn't. It went to Tottenham. And he fell asleep and he woke up in a bus depot. And I don't know how many of you have ever been to London, but the London bus depot is in Tottenham. And not in that part of Tottenham that they cleaned up after the riots. The actual <laughs> part of Tottenham where you're like, I need to be intimidated by a Jamaican. Come this way. <laughs> I once got dropped off there after taking a bus from Stansted Airport and I was smoking a cigarette and a guy just took the cigarette out of my mouth and kept smoking it and walked away. <laughs> and I was just sort of like, yeah, have at it, brother. Like, which is why I do love when the English, especially Londoners, will always go, where are you going, Glasgow? There's a lot of crime up there. <laughs> oh yes, and London is a crime-free paradise. I have had my phone stolen in Notting Hill. And in Glasgow, all I've ever gotten was too much tapas for too little money. <laughs> at the top of the bus and the bus driver didn't do a proper check so we woke up like four in the morning in an empty locked bus depot and he really had to pee and he learned a couple of things one thing he learned there's no there's no ignition key on buses which i didn't know there's literally just a bus a button that says start and you press it and the bus starts which if you want to steal a bus there you go <laughs> you would think they'd have more security for that like you could really fuck up a town if you stole a bus. And or, what a great day. By the way, <laughs> Bob Slayer, uh, who has a great venue called the Blunderbuss, uh, he didn't steal that bus. Although, if anyone was going to steal a bus, <laughs> it would be Bob Slayer. He looks like a, like a circus. Like, have you ever seen uh, House of a Thousand Corpses? Or, um, what's the sequel? What's the sequel? I fucking knew you'd have it right away. <laughs> Let's talk about that movie after. Did you find it got a little too scary at a certain point? Yeah. Yeah, it was a little excessive, like that part where the guy's face is on the woman, and then he says, I am the devil here to do the devil's work, and just smashes the guy with the hammer. I didn't even see the face smash with the hammer. I was watching it in the afternoon, I got all freaked out. I had to turn all the lights on, put on a cup of tea, not to drink, but just a weapon in case the demons come. Anyway, because I do get, like, fucking scared by horror. I'm going to finish the story about my friend peeing in a bus, but we will be stopping along the way, much like during a bus journey, where you want to get where you're going, but there's so many needless delays. So, 
he walks down, he turned the bus on, he was like, okay, that's how we do that, and he noticed, so he opened the door, and the door, and he's like, walked in this garage, and he's like, I really desperately have to pee, and it's one of those, like, hungover shame pees, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, where you're like, I can't believe what I've done, and now I'm gonna make it worse, because I'm gonna have to pee somewhere. And he looked around, and he was like, well, anywhere else would be noticed, so he's like, I know what I'll do, I'll pee in the bus, because they have to clean those. I was like, I don't know if you've ever been on a bus anywhere on this <laughs> island, <laughs> but cleanliness is not something I would think about. And so he's like, all right, I'll, I'll do it somewhere where the driver will notice. So he peed right in the front of the bus and then just waited. And uh, then someone came to open it. When they opened it, he was like walking out. Oh, just to let you know, uh, someone peed in one of those buses. And then the guy went, all right. <laughs> and then he, as he told the story, he goes, totally tricked that guy. And I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> he just didn't want to talk to a guy who peed in a bus. <laughs> and he was like, how, did he, how could he figure it out? You were the only one locked in there. And how did you have that information? Unless you're like, you're like, all right, I'm really bored. I'm going to find all the fluids on all the buses. Mountain Dew. <laughs> Tears. Kebab sauce. <laughs> Urine. <laughs> Urine and kebab sauce. What a fun night that guy had. <laughs> I, um, so yesterday, so he yelled bollocks. Going back to the first story I started but didn't finish. Um, hopefully it's funny. It didn't start funny. Let's see how it goes. And I was talking to my t close with one of my venue staff, a fat arsehole. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Pleasance, but the Pleasance Courtyard has these security guards that are just rough-looking dudes. And they're prison guards from the prison in Glasgow that the Pleasants hire. And this is like their fun moonlighting summer job. And I know that because in 2013, uh, security was called to my venue four times. That's a Pleasants record. Yeah, sometimes I get a little rageful with audience members. And one night, uh, a guy ruined a punchline, and I told him to get out and fuck off. And it turned out he was the size of a mountain and had a neck tattoo that said cunt on it. And I, <laughs> and, he, and he did leave. But as he was walking out, he said to one of the door girls, he just went, you can let that Canadian know I'm going to kill him. And, uh, and I believed him. Because if, if you have cunt tattooed on your neck, you're someone who follows through. <laughs> on no matter what the idea is. Hey, Doug, you know what would be the worst idea ever? What's that, Steve? If you've got cunt tattooed on your neck, it's a great idea. No, no, Doug, do not do it. I already have the tattoo needle, Steve. Actual noise of a tattoo needle. Didn't think I would be so good at sound effects. I am the I am the Michael Winslow of my generation. <laughs> and then I'm not very good. And I started a police academy movie, Police Academy 11. It was independently financed by my mother because she loved those movies. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, so, so they but there was a delay in getting security to the venue, so I recover everything. I'm into my next set, and then as I'm doing that, and then literally like I just was like, hey, you ever notice peanuts? They're salted, but not as much as you wanted them to be or they're too salted, and then security descends on the venue like there's a terrorist attack, and just swarm, 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 and then just look at me telling jokes, and I was like, are we okay, buddy? And they're like, we gotta talk to you after, pal. I was like, okay. And then uh, I get taken aside by this guy. He's still working at the courtyard. He's the guy who's kind of bald around here, who has like the most Scottish face ever, and that it doesn't look like he's smiling, but he's smiling all the time. <laughs> and he goes, somebody's threatened you. I know I don't do a good so Scottish accent. It sounds like he's had some sort of stroke, but just bear with me. <laughs> Someone's threatened you. Um, now, he's not in the Pleasance Dome anymore. He's uh, out there in society. 
where we can't help you. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> and uh, so last night, this guy, drunk, sort of man in his 60s, 70s, he was 252, he was a piece of shit. Anyway, so he called the venue staff, and the venue staff at all these venues, they work way harder than the comedians. Like, the comedians act like we were working so hard this festival. I'm doing three shows, I slept till 1.30 this afternoon, had a late, lu uh, like a late lunch, and literally said to myself, Today's a bit stressful. Like, I'm a fucking douche. And the, like, the venue staff have been up since 5 a.m. hanging a light. Well, like, a dance troupe came in and went, Excuse me, the light is not showing the expression on my inner thigh. You call this a go-go? I call it shit. I call it shit, sir. And uh, so they're just so stressed out. And this guy did not deserve to be called a fat arsehole. And so he calls security. And then I hear, like, the stomping of angry prison guard feet. Because my venue, the only thing that separates it from the outdoors is a thin layer of plywood. Because the feature of the Edinburgh Festival is there are theaters and performance venues, but we shirk them. And we find rooms like this. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, this place was built in remembrance of Anne Frank, and they thought, <laughs> here's what we'll do. We'll put a comedy show in here. Now, should we make sure that the windows are open so there's ventilation? No, cement the windows shut. <laughs> Paint it black, close the ventilation fans. Because as we all know, the key to comedy is, of course, lack of oxygen. <laughs> and so security got in this guy's face, and he went, it's bollocks! It's bollocks! All of you is bollocks! And I'm getting this second hand from Matt, who runs the courtyard. And one of the security guards leaned in and went, Nate, you're bollocks. <laughs> and the old man just went, what's that mean? He goes, you're banned. You're banned from the fringe. And the old man went, tell my son I'm banned. And then he left. And then I went and found the security guard. And I went, do you have the power to ban people from the fringe? And he went, no. But that man doesn't know that. <laughs> it was a very eventful day yesterday. If there's something about this this city on a Sunday during the festival, because Monday is a good day. You guys are happy. If you're hungover, you're dealing with it. If you're drinking, it's because you want to. But Sunday, because everyone went out on Saturday and someone's like, hey, you want to do meth? But not that we're going to shoot it. And you're like, why are we going to shoot meth? I don't know. We're at an arts festival and I'm a white man with dreadlocks. You can trust me. <laughs> As you can tell, I think through everything. And um, I just don't like white guys in dreadlocks. I like, like white ladies in dreadlocks. Totally works. But white guys with dreadlocks, it always feels like they're hiding something in their hair, like diamonds or a lack of self-awareness or something like that. <laughs> and I'm speaking as someone who has had some terrible hair choices. I had a mohawk for a year, and I wasn't 18, I wasn't 14, I was 23. And I had, like, I had jobs. I worked in a restaurant. People were served food by a man who went, here's some things you know about me. I will be touching something you'll be putting in your body, and I think this is an appropriate <laughs> hair choice. <laughs> so I, uh, and so, it, but so Sunday night, you always get very loopy crowds. Like last night, it was just nuts. Craziest thing, I saw at 4 o'clock in the morning, went to go get a falafel with comedian Archie Maddox, go see his play at 6.30 starring Pat Monahan. I hear things about it. And, uh, then there's also another comedian named Dylan Gott, and we went to Palmyra over here. Has anyone been to Palmyra over there? It's a really great shawarma place with literally the worst customer service <laughs> I've ever experienced. And I've lived in the UK for three years, and you guys give a new definition to, I don't want you in my business, even though you're here to give me money. <laughs> and usually Scotland's a little bit better. You'll greet with like a hello and then a death stare, while in England they'll be like, get out of here. And like, I need to buy jeans, not from here. <laughs> this is a Primark. Yeah, you fuck off. You're like, well, but. Okay. 
and so we're in front of the Palmyra. I had ordered a falafel with hummus, no sauce. They put a lot of sauce on it, and then when I went, can I get one without sauce? The guy just went, no. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm having it with sauce. And uh, so we're eating it outside, and then a cab pulls up, and three women run away from the cab. Now, we thought they had ditched the cab, which is not cool. I'm not for ditching ca cab drivers. Cab drivers do an amazing service, which is they get drunk people away from me. <laughs> and instead, what had happened was one of the girls had called the cab uh, to chronologically. So two of them run away. The other girl, obviously the leader, walks up to a cash point and takes out like a stack of money and walks back to the cab and goes, Gabby! Sarah! I'm paying for a cab, you minges! <laughs> Right there, I literally just sat down. I was like, boys, we are not going to bed. We are seeing how this plays out. Because I figured, okay, they ditched the cab, and she's paying for it. Oh, no, 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 no. Is anyone here Edinburgh native? Edinburgh native, okay. 95 pounds. Where is that cab going? Is it going to Glasgow? That's what... No. You go past... No, like, where would you sort of say, I, I knew you'd have, like, the distinct act and be like, you could get halfway to Fife, maybe Glasgow, but, like, where would you say? Especially because Kate's really friends. She's outside the Edinburgh. They were... Taxi driver. You're a taxi driver? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> all right, so 95 quid wouldn't get you all the way to Glasgow. How? No, 115. Have you ever driven to Glasgow with yeah. someone? Get the fuck out. Is that, like, a big day for you, or you're like... It, no, it wasn't me. No, I know that there's trains that go to Glasgow every 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and buses. Why, you, why was someone taking a cab to Glasgow? They were just like, I hate $112 pounds, and I want to give it to this nice man. You got a lot of money. He had a lot of money? or you? You, know, you do have, I can tell, you have that great haircut. And, uh, and so, not <laughs> what do you do for a living then? I don't you don't work. <laughs> so you're a jewel thief. <laughs> If anyone was a jewel thief, you would be the best one because no one would suspect you. You just walk in, can I try on a tiara? Yeah, sure, you're not going to steal it. So long, suckers. And you have the perfect getaway driver, an Edinburgh taxi driver. The only cab drivers who know how to drive up a wall, which is how you get around the Royal Mile come Saturday. How are we going to get to Princess Street? Through time. That's 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 right there. Ninety five pounds. That's enough money to get a hotel room and just walk to the place the next day. And so these two are over here, and the one is like giving the money to the cab driver, gets in the cab, and is now waiting. And me, Archie, and Dylan, we're going nowhere because the other two are now drunkenly screaming at each other about whether or not they're getting in the cab, whether or not they feel comfortable about getting in the cab, whether or not they want to take the cab. Completely unaware of the fact that one of their friends is in the cab. So the cab is now more expensive than it originally was. Because in Scotland, the ticker goes with how long you're in the car. So it starts at 95. After five minutes, how much is added, would you say? After five minutes? Yeah. A pound. A pound. Fuck. Cabs in Scotland are fucking great. <laughs> in London, if you wait five minutes idle in a cab, you have to give them two of your unborn children. <laughs> You wait 10, you have to pledge your internal soul. And if you're going to Heathrow Airport from London, you have to literally kill a man on the way. 
Scotland, how much to take me to Glasgow? 112 quid and a song, but I'll sing it. Lovely. <laughs> and so they're yelling and yelling and yelling, and we're like, oh, this is not gonna end well. And then this dude walks by, short, amber guy, <coughs> sort of a, like a, a haircut, you know what I mean? Where it's like, not, not bangs, but it's like, you know how like the mushroom cut is back in for dudes, but only like the front part and then the sides are shaved? Like kind of yours, but not like you're pulling it off fucking expertly, because you look like you're the like the leader of an expedition in like an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> like I'm just waiting for you to go, gentlemen. We are here to find the Falcon. El Capitan will not stop us today. <laughs> but like it was a boop, boop, and he was wearing this Led Zeppelin shirt, and I like Led Zeppelin. This is like Black Dog. It's a great tune. And I was just like, nice shirt, man. You don't want to go anywhere. This is a great show. Well, Gabby and Sarah, I'm not getting in the cab, Gabby. Fuck her. No, fuck you. And they had actual Scottish accents as opposed to mine, which sounded like a pirate who stubbed his toe. And, and they're arguing and arguing and arguing. And we're like, oh, these girls won't get in this cab. And he was like, and he just started opening up to us. He goes, you like my top? And I was like, yeah, it's great. And he's like, I bought this because I lack confidence. And Le Led Zeppelin has a lot of confidence. And I was like, they're very confident. This is an app. I can get two people on the phone to corroborate this. And I was like, yeah, they're a very confident band. And he was like, I think I can help with this situation. And I was like, it's a left turn, and I'm excited <laughs> to see where it's going to go. And, he, and he, we knew their names, so we just went, Gabby, Sarah, get in the fucking cab. I will do something about it if you don't. And I was like, he is way too confident. <laughs> and, and we were like, brother, I think you just need to settle down. Don't worry about it. And he went, Okay, went overboard, I'm new at this. <laughs> and then we thought he disappeared. Turned out he had just gone behind an Edinburgh poster, but for like 10 seconds we were like, did we all see that guy? Was he a creation of our id? Please tell me I hit record. Oh, thank fuck. And um, so then finally, one of them got in the cab, Sarah got in the cab, had a conversation with the responsible one. It's now been about 15 minutes. So how much do you think is added onto the fare now? Pardon me? Three pound. Three pound. Fuck. <laughs> I could, I, I gotta move to Scotland because I feel like I could be a king up here. <laughs> Taking cabs everywhere. How much is this cab? Two feathers. There you are. <laughs> I cannot wait till you Scots really take over Parliament and rule the entire island. That will be a fun day for me. Hear that? The English people going, what? What's happening? You'll see. It's gonna be great. And, uh, <laughs> put it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for you guys. Again, you guys are like, hey, yeah, well, you, you pulled some shit, English people. And I'm not saying that the Scots haven't pulled some shit, too, but I'm just saying. Anyway, and so <laughs> Gabby is now the lone person on the street, and she's just stood by a bus stop, and she's just like, I'm taking the bus! And, and I kind of just went, because I'm this nice, and I've been drunk, too, and I've often waited on the wrong side of the street for the bus, so I was just like, are you on the right side? And she just looked around <laughs> and realized she wasn't standing at a bus stop, a detail I'd also missed. And then she walked over, and then one of her friends just came and grabbed her and went, I called my mom. She'll pay for the cab. Get in the cab. And she went, no, I don't want, no, no. Fine, but I'm sitting in the front. And then she walked over and opened the front seat, and then the girl who was originally paying for the cab just started going, no, no, Gabby, no, you're in the back. And then she slammed the door and sheepishly got into the cab, and then the cab drove away. And that's the end of that story. <laughs> but if any of you know Gabby or Sarah, you need to find me. I need to know more about that evening. Because <laughs> it's just, oh, there's so much. All right, 
Teton to the town. Sir, what's your name, by the way? Martin. Martin. John. And Martin, you taxi driver for how many years? 39. 39 years. All right. Most famous person you've ever had in your taxi? Most famous person? Who? The Proclaimers? <laughs> Holy fuck, for a Scottish man, that must have been a big day. <laughs> Wait a minute, but they're supposed to walk 500 miles. <laughs> I don't know if you were setting me up, but either way, fuck it, thank God. You weren't? Yeah, yeah, take it back out. That's your tip. <laughs> Did you actually have the Proclaimers in your cab? Yeah. Ah, fuck. With, like, when they were famous or now when they're famous here and everyone else goes, is that Greg Proops? No, the Proclaimers. <laughs> Thank you, Comedy Nerds, for getting that joke. And the rest of you are going, who's that? He's the guy from Whose Line Is Anyway, who's the American, who's not Ryan Stiles and not the fat guy. He's the one with glasses who always fought with Clive Anderson. And he's gone on to have like a sort of a career. Well, he actually, actually has a pretty good career. Why am I slagging off a guy I really respect <laughs> who like signed a book for me with the title of my podcast? And I went, great, you're so nice. And he went, oh, come on. And I was like, you, you come on. And then it was awkward because I don't know how to talk to people who are more <laughs> famous than me. And by that, I mean everyone who's famous. Because I don't know if you guys know about my celebrity status, but I'm currently listed under other. <laughs> um, so the Proclaimers. And worst thing that's ever happened to you while driving a taxi cab. Proclaimers. <laughs> <laughs> Much again, Scotland. That's beautiful Scottish strategy. He's probably had his cab stolen by a tidal wave. <laughs> and went, well, came to the seaside. Worst things have happened. <laughs> and how long have you been there? They've been dating for two years. How long have you guys been? There? They don't want to know. Forty-five. Forty-five. You you would crack under pressure very quickly, Martin. <laughs> you don't want to know, but it's been forty-five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you got. Pardon me. Yeah, <laughs> jewel face, right, buddy? So you guys got married when you were like what? Two years old? <laughs> right, guys? You're charming and also telling the truth. And so, 45 years. What is the key to staying in love? <laughs> Working night shift. Working night shift. <laughs> People say that, and he's not actually being cynical because I truly believe. The key to any long-lasting relationship is you stay the fuck away from each other. <laughs> like, I have one of my best friends in the entire world. He lives in Canada. I live in the UK. And the reason why we're so close is I don't see him that fucking often. <laughs> so I see him. We update each other on everything. We talk about girls. We talk about heavy metal. He goes on and on about conspiracy theories. And I go, you know, all of that's bullshit, right? It's bullshit. He goes, no, it's not. Tower 7 definitely was a controlled explosion to erase debt. And then I have to go, you know, just because you burn the paper that debt's written on doesn't erase it. If that was true, I would blow up so many credit card companies. <laughs> and, uh, and then he goes, no, no. And then you point out that underneath uh, Building 7 and the World Trade Center was a giant vat that uh, contains steam, which is how they uh, heat most of New York is with steam, and that caught fire. Now, I don't know if you guys know anything about a steamy fire, but that will get through a lot of stuff. So it melted the internal core of the building and it collapsed, which is a completely logical explanation as opposed to George W. Bush, a man who choked on a pretzel, got a shoe thrown at him and couldn't speak properly, <laughs> planned a conspiracy that no one could prove, even though the United States has been caught spying on everyone within a year. So I think I'm right and he's wrong. Not funny that part of the show, but don't worry. <laughs> Just like to prove a point. <laughs>
And the reason why we get along so well is we do that for like three weeks a year. We talk like once, twice a week, and it's totally fine. If I lived with him, here's how that would go. It's so great to be living with my best friend. Two weeks later, I would have murdered him with a copy of Alex Jones's The Truth. <laughs> I know that was an orange juice, but for a second I thought it was a flask. Like you're like conspiracy theories again. Time to loosen up. <laughs> and you're from Canada? Yeah. Toronto? Yeah. For those of you who've never been to Toronto, it's Canada's city. Yeah. Thought that would get a joke, but you're more learned as an audience going, Canada has many cities, Vancouver, <laughs> Montreal, Winnipeg. I visited Winnipeg once for a day. It was nice. Every mosquito in the world bit me, and then a guy <laughs> tried to stab me with a plastic bottle, and then he realized it was a plastic bottle, and he went back to being a homeless person. And your car got stolen. And your car got stolen. Uh, Winnipeg is our murder <laughs> capital. There's been 43 murders, because <laughs> Canada, we got numbers on the board, but even still, they're not that impressive. <laughs> How many people have been murdered in your uh, country? 60, but we'll get it up there. <laughs> we're working on it. Yeah. yeah, we are working on it. And so do you live over here or are you visiting? No, I'm just visiting. You're just visiting? Yeah. What do you do for a living? Uh, I just graduated school. You just graduated school? Yeah. You look a lot more mature. Wait, MA? No, that's my bachelor's. How old are you, Sonny Jim? 22. Stand up. Show them your face. <laughs> <laughs> He's not 22, is he? Thank you very much, madam, for shaking your head while the rest of you stared at me like I took a shit in your cereal. Remember the proclaimer's joke? Remember that whenever there's silence. Um, and what did you graduate? University of Toronto? No, Waterloo. Waterloo. Depending on your program, that's impressive or embarrassing. Program was? Liberal arts. Just kidding. Engineering. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, write it down. An engineer just made a joke that was funny. <laughs> I do I do like, I, every fucking engineering student really picks on the old arts programs, don't you? Well, at Waterloo, for sure. Yeah, all right, careful, buddy. Bachelor of Fine Arts in Theater, specialization in direction and lighting, so you fucking watch oh, yourself. <laughs> not at Waterloo. No, it was not at Waterloo. It was at uh, Concordia. Concordia is like... Montreal, baby. Concordia is like literally, a, it's the most leftist, ridiculous university you've ever fucking seen. The students are uh, not in a, there's not a student organization, it's a student union you pay dues to. If they ever try and raise tuition, people walk out. There's constantly like weird talk of a riot. So my first week, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, the former president or prime minister of Israel, I can't remember which one they use there. And luckily, is it prime minister? Thank you so much. <laughs> he came to speak and there was a giant riot in like the lobby, but they were also doing student registration and they had separated. So like one here is literally like, free Palestine, Israel will burn, smash, smash, police, baton, baton. Now, are you sure you want to take photography in the morning? <laughs> um, because you know, the universe can get a little crazy. Death to the infidel, we will rise. Now, are you sure that theater is the way you want to go? <laughs> you can always get a minor in history. Like it was just, absolutely bizarre but it was a very cool place to go to university because it's just the most typical like it was like literally like dudes with djembe's hacky sack but it's canadian winter so one guy plays hacky sack it gets frozen becomes a weapon everyone goes inside <laughs> and you went, uh, went to uh waterloo which is in kitchener waterloo yeah. kitchener waterloo is not the original name of that town it was originally called berlin ontario and then they changed it during world war ii to kitchener and then waterloo got a little uppity and went we're a city too and they were like are you? And they're like, I'll fucking change the sign. It's Canada. Nothing <laughs> matters. And what type of engineering are you studying? Because my Kitchener-Waterloo riff is killing less than anything else. Ha <laughs> they just named this room Coventry because I'm bombing. Now, 
Too soon? Really? Too soon for the Coventry bombing joke? I don't think it is, right, sir? Thank you. <laughs> computer engineering. Computer engineering. So you. So do you think artificial intelligence will be around in our time? Yeah, that's right. Gonna get fucking deep on your fucking dicks. Or a less graphic term to describe <laughs> artificial intelligence. Probably. Probably. I think I like you working in computers because you seem very laid back and fine and not usually who I deal with when it's talking about computers who's like a guy in an Apple store who acts like I'm an asshole just because I dropped my phone <laughs> even though they made it out of the most slippery material possible. <laughs> that two days ago and got it replaced in Glasgow but they were pretty they were, yeah, the Glasgow Apple store is very nice. Like, they're very understanding. Like, coming up here two years ago, my phone just stopped working because I don't know if you've ever used an iPhone, but sometimes they just decide to be a dick face and they're like, no, I'm not a phone anymore. Now I'm just a nice paperweight that you paid <laughs> 700 quid for. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And, and Edinburgh didn't used to have an Apple store. Literally, your Apple store was in Glasgow. And I learned that when I walked into a, like a phone store to be like, where's the Apple store? And they're like, Glasgow. And I was like, ha, that's funny, though. But where is it? And they're like, it's in Glasgow. It's right by the train station in Glasgow. And I was like, wow, Scotland is a small place. So I, I've never had to switch cities to use a shop before. I'm looking for a Gap Kids. Yeah, that's in Aberdeen. So I'll, pardon me? Is there an app? You're telling me Aberdeen got an Apple store before Edinburgh? Oh, fuck you, Edinburgh. You guys must have hated that because you walk around like you are king shit of Turd Island of Scotland. Like, we've got a library and we've got a museum and we've got all this architecture. Would you like to see a needless square? We've got seven. <laughs> what do you have, Glasgow? We got all of that too. And you're like, yeah, but. We have hills that end in staircases, so <laughs> we win. So what? It's also like there's like 11 universities here. Yeah, there is, a, there is a hill that ends in a staircase. That's why the joke is funny to most people. <laughs> and then also when he explained it to you, you laughed delayed, which usually doesn't work, but I'm glad it did in this situation. I'm killing. Now, um, <laughs> how are we doing time-wise? Oh, yeah, wicked. What was I talking about? Oh, I have no idea. Computer engineering. <laughs> Are you a Ma uh, Apple guy, PC guy? Apple guy. I like how you suddenly switched into IT mode right there. No emotion. Apple guy. <laughs> I like the spinny colorful wheel and the attitude of all Apple employees, which is elitism. <laughs> um, and what happened to your phone? Did you drop it? Why did you drop it? Uh, dropped in the sink in Iceland on my way here. What a weird but delightful story. <laughs> Did you spend any time in Iceland? Two days. What did you think of it? Expensive. Yeah. Oh, it was expensive now? I went like right after the crash. What a time to visit Iceland. <laughs> they literally looked at my money like, thank you. <laughs> um, but did you like, like it? Did you see, what did you see? Yeah, it was cool. I went to the Blue Lagoon, like the big spa place yeah, yeah. For, like to go for a swim and then the great circle or the golden circle, the waterfall and mm. the geysers and stuff. Did you notice how there's no grass anywhere? Yeah, it's all rock. It's all rock, because it's where they trained to go to the moon, because it's just a <laughs> volcano island, and those people are just living on borrowed time, because when that thing shoots off again, they're fucked. <laughs> and, like, and they don't they tell you that, like, oh, that's the beginnings of the volcano sort of over there. If that thing ever goes off, we'll all be dead. <laughs> you're like, oh, good. How long am I here for? Oh, four days. We'll have plenty of time to know that, right? They're like... <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I'm like, oh, good. I'm not gonna call my travel agent and have him murdered. And I really loved Iceland. It was I, I went in a very sort of dark time in my life. 
a friend of mine had died um, very suddenly, and I was in love with a girl, and she wasn't in love with me, and so it was time for poetry, and uh, <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. And uh, so I went to Iceland, and it was the most hopeful place, because it was right after the crash, and like no one had left. Because every other country, what did people do? They fucked off to another country, got the money, sent it back. Then you kept rising. Was like, what's with all these people doing all the work we won't do? And then they were like, well, they're actually creating jobs and revenue, and they'll be the new wave of the UK experience. And they were like, well, I'm Nigel Farage. I look like a thumb, but I like smoking. <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> you'll be d you'll be gone soon, and even the jokes won't be that funny. But I'll still make them because I just liked how the way you talked, which was out of both sides of your mouth somehow at the same time. <laughs> And, uh, and I went there, and it was just amazing walking around because no one left. Everyone was talking about the crash. They had just put all the bankers on trial, which was my favorite thing because I forgot that we didn't do that in the rest of the world. Like, I didn't know you could just lose a billion dollars, and it was like, hey, next time, don't do that. <laughs> I promise I won't do it. Are you sure? Because we're about to give you, like, a bunch of money. Don't take a bonus, though. And they're like, do I look like I would take a bonus? Like I, I work in Wall Street and in Canary Wharf in London. I'm a very trustworthy person. <laughs> I have a needless ponytail. I'm wearing ergonomic socks. My uh, flat, which I paid far too much money for, all of the furniture is needlessly uncomfortable because it artistically works with the glide of the room. I think I'll be okay. And they're like, all right, take a billion dollars. And then Iceland when they you know, lost all their money, they didn't trust those guys. They were like, we're gonna put you guys in jail. And the bankers, which I like, because I was sort of like, they have all their uh, papers translated into English on the backside, because they're all trying to learn English, because eventually they realize the volcano is coming, and those that swim to shore <laughs> are gonna need to rebuild Iceland one day. And so they have it all translated into English on the back of it. And I was reading about it, and all the bankers are being like, they're all acting kind of shocked, like, well, we didn't necessarily do anything wrong. And then the prosecution's like, you did, you did all of these things wrong and they were like oh okay yeah we should probably should have paid attention anyway uh, <laughs> like their argument was basically like have you met money money's really fun and the prosecution's point was like that is a good point but still naughty <laughs> now show's about to wrap up and before it does I think that we need parting words and I think I'm going to ask them from you sir what is your name Paul Paul strong powerful name one of the disciples and or the Baptist. Bible joke, got nothing, but that's <laughs> fine. And Paul, what do you do for a living? I'm gonna guess professor? Yeah, well, I was an engineer, so learning jokes. Computer engineer? No, no, no. That's your future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're gonna bat out of your league lady-wise and look great in brown shoes. He's pulling off maroon pants. Not everyone can do that. I tried, <laughs> and it looks like I spilled red wine on myself excessively. Like it looks in my bag. So. You have some maroon pants in your bag? Yeah, you probably could. You got the lumberjack shirt. But you don't look like a lumberjack. You look like you're in charge of the wood yard. Do you guys use the word lumber over here? Isn't that fucked up? What, what do they use? I don't What do you call a place where you buy wood? The timber merchant? <laughs> Pardon me, Poshy McPoshington. <laughs> I need a table built off to the timber merchant. Is this oak? That's plastic. Very good. Timber merchant, fuck yeah. You somehow churched up a room full of wood. I'm taking timber merchant back to Canada. I'm going to every lumber yard. Fellas, fellas, lumber yard is dead. 
You are timber merchants. Get a three-pointed hat and a bell. Sales will skyrocket. What kind of engineer were you, brother? I was a production engineer. Production engineer. That could be literally anything. Mechanical production. Designing production lines. Oh, fucking cool. So, like, you design robots. Are you part of Skynet? <laughs> it's a reference to the movie Terminator 2. I recognize no other movies in that oeuvre because they're really fucking bad. <laughs> um, favorite bolt. <laughs> <laughs> Microphone isn't long enough to reach you, so you're going to just have to shoot. <laughs> fuck yeah, right, guys? Because I don't know if he's talking about an actual bolt or fuck it. <laughs> Being an engineer, designing, I don't know what you designed actually or made. This is the problem. You talk to engineers and you can always get their title, like mechanical engineer, and then they start talking about your job and you're like, I didn't even know someone had to do that, but that makes sense. <laughs> I'm going to think about what kind of dog I want to buy one day. <laughs> Cocker Spaniel? I don't know. Maybe a pug. Everyone has a pug. French Bulldog. I'm going to go French Bulldog because they look like they're just very confused by everything that's going on. I think that um, accountants get reincarnated as French Bulldogs <laughs> as a sort of a way as a punishment for being so weirdly confusing with their terminology. I got dinged on my taxes this year, so I'm really upset about my accountant because Canada, do you know this Canada changed its law? So if you're a Canadian citizen, you still have to pay tax back there, even though if you get taxed somewhere else, which is technically double taxation, but because our prime minister is a douche. You think David Cameron's a cunt, you should meet our guy. <laughs> He's turning our woods into an oil field because fuck it, I think is his actual reason. And, and so I got double taxed this year, and my accountant explained, well, I called the Canadian Revenue Service, and they said, well, if you don't, um, pay, they're going to uh, fine you. They also pointed out that if you hadn't alerted them, they would have never found out. And I was like, <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't know how I got from, from engineering to there, but I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> so the final thing. Parting words for all these lovely people. To remind you, I'll be at the back begging for your money. And by begging, I mean obviously deserving of most of your money. Let's not forget the proclaimers material. <laughs> and some of those silences that were punctuated with laughs. None of this was rehearsed. I literally just lived my life and then went, I'm gonna stick, you know, 30 to however many other people. Counting's difficult. I'm not an engineer. <laughs> Theater school. Would you like to know how to interpret Bertolt Brecht? I'm your man. You want to do any sort of calculations? You talk to this fucking guy. Now, <laughs> parting words for this entire group. They fall to you, Paul. Sorry, I hit someone's leg. Piece of advice, sage-like wisdom. You can curse if you want to. <laughs> the tension is building, I'm very excited. <laughs> it's gonna be a good one, you know what I mean? Like, Ladies and gentlemen, if you take nothing away <laughs> from this afternoon here in my artsy-fartsy sweat lodge, let's remember this. Always be good with your hands. <laughs> I'll see you at the back. Thank you very much, everybody!